first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on, YouTube? Nathan back with another video presentation. Welcome to the main episode, episode 19 of the podcast, season three. If you did not see the intro earlier today, that was just me breaking down tonight's game with the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Buccaneers. And so far, it looks like I got my guarantee right. Um, the score is now what I, 28 to 7. 28 to 7. Last time I checked, it was 21 7. So that looks like that score prediction. I said it was going to be close. I said it was like 28 17, but the way it's going, it's going to look like a blowout. Um, in tonight's episode, I'm going to bring in Sean Spencer in a little bit. He's going to give week seven's for week seven preview for college football, his picks and his upset pick. Um, and then also, too, I got Nick Rosario with me again. Uh, we're going to break down this week uh, the last the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Washington football team. And Nick's going to break down the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. And then we're going to also do week six predictions. And we're going to talk a little bit what's going on in the NFL and some baseball talk. And I will close it off with some things that happened around the NBA and then recap game two of the WNBA finals, which was actually a good game, by the way, last night, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not catch it. So uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started by bringing Sean Spencer to bring in the talk college football week number seven. Hi, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Sean, up, buddy? What's, buddy? what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's going on, gentlemen? Live. From my car. <laughs> there it Let's is. Go on, baby. Let's That's go. Right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. go. Hey, look, you. Hey, unless you've been living under a rock, you. I. You. You already know. Okay. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Down goes Frazier. Okay, Alabama, the mighty Goliath, who everybody thought was invincible, falls the first time to Texas A&M. 41 to 38, ladies and gentlemen, what a game this was. Um, I, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it coming. But I do want to say this, and I'm not going to sit here and make it look like, oh, oh Sean, you know, you, know you, you predicted. No, I didn't predict it. But when I saw the game against Florida, where, it was 30, where they beat them only by that two-point conversion, 31-29, I sat there and said to myself, that's interesting. I thought, okay, maybe that's an SEC thing, but that, that to me kind of shocked me. Texas A&M, though, you, this is why I say you couldn't have predicted it. They came in here with a backup. Zach, yes. Zach, Zach Calzada, I mean, come on now. This guy played the game of his life, sat here and, and was dominating, threw a touchdown late to tie it up. And I don't know if you saw it, but they rolled up on his knee. The guy hobbles off. You know, the coach comes out, and Jimbo Fisher's, you know, like, are you all right? You okay? Jimbo Fisher's in the game. Let me tell you how much Jimbo Fish was into this guy. He went into the, the medical tent with him, okay? Right, right. Went in there with him to see that, hey, Texas A&M defense showed up. They stopped him on a three and out. Calzada comes back, and, hey, the rest is history. The rest is absolutely history. So Alabama falls. They are no longer number one, but obviously they didn't fall that far. We'll talk about that in just a second. I have to talk about where I was wrong. 
Nathan, I don't think we can rep Maryland anymore. Uh, and I got to shout out my guy, Nick. Because when, when, when Maryland was 3-0, and I put it in the Let's Talk uh, college football group. And I was like, you know, Maryland, they're undefeated. They're shocking. And Nick's like, yo, who have they played? They haven't played anybody. And, hey, you're absolutely right. The last two weeks, a stout Iowa team, a stout Ohio State team. Ohio State put 66 up on our Terrapins. Ah. But, Nate, you touched on it a week ago. Demas, when Demas got hurt that, last that, week, that was it. It, it popped the bubble. Whatever momentum they had coming into the game against Iowa and then this game, the bubble was popped. It's when you get six, six put up on you, you know, that's not the team that went undefeated before. Really um, quick, Sean, hold that thought. Yeah. I'm not going to even sit here and act like I didn't know this was coming. Or act like I know this was coming because I did it. No. With oh, soul. my God. And the yeah. R. Kelly on top of it. Take yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Man, real quick, I, know, I, know, I know Nick Saban after the game when they lost, you know, this is how he was really feeling. Congratulations. Oh, oh my God. You already know. You already know. He was not having it. He was not having it. But look, I, like I said, um, this I, it was a sh- – I hate to say it was a shocker to me because I, I tried to call out and say Maryland was going to do it. I think that was my definite guarantee, and I, we saw what happened with that one. So, hey, hopefully Maryland will bounce back. But I talked about it a week ago. They're coming into their Big Ten schedule. schedule it's yeah. the toughest part of the schedule. And as yeah, you'll well, see later when we talk about the top five and eventually the top ten, uh, um, the Big Ten has five teams in the top ten Go this year. You know, I mean, in the Big Ten, yeah, in the, in the top ten as the Big Ten. So I, you know, got to shout them out. Uh, moving on, I talked about this. This was my upset pick, and I came uh, the last play of the game away from it. The Red River Red River rivalry uh, with Oklahoma and Texas. I said Texas was going to get the W. They knocked them in the mouth early, jumped up twenty-eight seven, but then Spencer Rattler. They took him out, put in that boy, Casey Thompson. My yeah. man had five TDs, dominated, came out the woodworks. Hell still it's came down. Now, right? Huh? Because that game, NFL prospect. <laughs> right. well. Dang, you know they'll call it. Well, you know, his dad, his dad was a legend. Thompson mm-hmm. had played for OU. Yeah, Dude, so his OU dad was boy. a legend. So this maybe, maybe should not have been a surprise. Um, but anytime you have the starter get benched and the backup come in, a la Tua Tagovailoa in the national championship. championship you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're like, well, who is this guy? What? But, yeah, this guy, he showed up. It was an amazing game. Shout out to my guy, Nate. He asked me a week ago, what do I think the point total is going to be? I said, like, 52, and they had 58 by the half. So, Nate was like, yeah, it's going to be in, like, the 70s. <laughs> so, yo, yeah, shout I mean, out everybody, like, I was, I was shocked. Like, they, they scored – the final, I can't remember what the final score was, but I think they had like a hundred and something points combined. Yeah, it was fifty-five to forty-eight. Yeah, it was a one hundred one hundred yeah. whatever that came out to. Yeah, one hundred seven. Yeah, it, 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 it was like wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I it was crazy. Today. It was crazy, but it that was that, of, that might be game of this. That might be that might get an SP. <laughs> get an SP. It might, but. I will tell you, like I said a week ago, my game of the week a week ago did not disappoint. Number 13, Arkansas, loses at the very end on a two-point, missed, failed two-point conversion. The number 17, Old Miss, 
52 to 51. Ladies and gentlemen, I said this was going to be the game of the week. Both these teams were coming off victories against number one, uh, top five teams, and they were hungry. That guy, Corral, the quarterback for Corral, is in the Heisman race for Ole Miss, dominated two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. You know, this, this is SEC football. These, they, you know, normally, SEC is known for defense. This actually looked more like a Big 12 game. But, yeah, with right. the way, <laughs> yeah, but with the way that both of these teams played, they were hungry, and, and it was just back and forth. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. It was a pinball. And, and it, again, came down to the last play of the game. Uh, Ole Miss, um, Arkansas went for two, didn't get it, and, and couldn't get the W. But that, that, that's how it happens. Um, another game I shouted out, going to the ACC, got UVA, Syrac- uh, and Louisville. Told you that. Armstrong versus Malik Cunningham. Went down to the wire. UVA pulled it out 34 to 33, and it, and it did not disappoint. Um, I absolutely love what they have going on, but let's be honest, everybody in the ACC right now, and I want you to hear me, they're not chasing Clemson because Clemson's not ranked. They are chasing undefeated Wake Forest, who I spotlighted next. They got they beat uh, Syracuse in overtime 40-37. to Maybe they can't beat the Alabamas and the big-name team, but we don't know about that now. But uh, one thing I will say about Wake is they find a way to win. They're getting yes. the job done, followed by their quarterback, um, Sam Hartman. He, he, they're getting the job done. If you can continue to pile up those victories, continue to do it, ah, you got, you got to believe in them. Eventually, you got to get to a point where you believe in them. They got a good offense. They have a good defense. So, hey, let's see what Wake has coming in the near future. Um, and my last game that I talked about last week um, I, I, is the Penn State-Iowa game. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you saw this game. Um, Penn State went up 17-3 to early, and they looked dominant. They looked really good. Yeah, what you got? I'm not going to even sit here and act like I didn't know this was coming. Or act like I know this was coming because I did it. Yeah. <laughs> they, got up, they got up early, but Iowa. Iowa just, you know, I, I believed in them. I believed in Iowa, but I definitely thought Penn State was going to get the W. But Iowa showed up. Iowa came back. They were resilient. Marcus was good. What up, Marcus? You know, they were resilient. They came to play. But again, as we'll see, um, when we and we're about to talk about the top five and eventually top ten, um, Penn State didn't fall that far. You know what I mean? They they uh, they came in. Yeah, they came in fourth. Iowa came in third. So to have that is kind of similar to the uh, Alabama. Alabama only fell four spots. You know, we'll go into the top five right now. Number one. Obviously, by default, they were number two a week ago. Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. Shout out to Anthony Handy. I know he's super excited about that. They have an undefeated <laughs> Kentucky team this week. They right, that'd be interesting. That'd be a good one. It's a test. That's going to be a real good one. Uh, number two, aforementioned Iowa. They're playing good football, but again, we've talked about them playing in the, that Big Ten uh, schedule, and these games are going to be start um, becoming real boxing matches oh, in yeah. the Big Ten. So definitely watch out for that. Um, number three, I shouted them out a week ago. I tried to shout them out on uh, Let's Talk uh, SEC with Anthony Handy. He kind of jumped all over me about it, but I'm still believing in this team. Cincinnati, ladies and gentlemen, I understand they're not in one of these huge Pac-10, uh, you know, Pac-12, Right, right. I understand that, 
But I'm telling you, they've got a team that's seasoned. They've got veterans that have started again. Desmond Ritter is in the Heisman race. He's a three-year starter. Um, Watch out for these guys. Watch out for them. And if you think they haven't played anybody major, a year ago they went all the way to a New Year's Six Bowl, played Georgia, lost to them by three points, 24 to 21. All right? So they can hang with the big boys. Give them an opportunity. I think they might do it at number three. Oklahoma, after winning the Red River rivalry, goes up to number four. But the big question we're all asking, who's your starter? You know, are you going to put in Spencer Rattler after you yanked him out the game? Or are you going to put in the backup? So it's going to be interesting. Yo, Marcus, we talked about it, man. I picked I picked Maryland to win, but we got stomped. I, uh, it hurts. It, it hurts. hurts my heart. It, it hurts. hurts. And, and rounding out the top five, the team that I know Nick is disgusted about, Alabama only goes uh, down to, to fifth. Uh, only goes right. down to fifth. Which I mean, again, how far did we really expect them to drop? Because uh, every, you know, the, all the all the uh, pollsters and pickers still love Alabama and Nick yes, Saban. I know, I know. You know, so they only dropped the fifth. But I want to say real quick, the other uh, the, the the top ten, you have six Ohio State, seven Penn State, eight is Michigan, and 10 is Michigan State. You have five teams in the Big Ten that that uh, round out the top 10 in yeah. college football, ladies and gentlemen. And if I, with the exception of Penn State, the other ones are undefeated. Michigan State, Michigan, oh, and, and the exception of Penn State and Ohio State, yeah. Iowa, Michigan, and Michigan State all undefeated. And Penn State, one loss. Ohio State, one loss. You know what I mean? The Big Ten has got it going, and, and I, I think they're head and shoulders right now above most other divisions. I don't know if I can say that about the SEC just yet, no. but the, right now they have a full complement of guys. Again, they've gotten rid, they've gotten done with the, you know, no, no disrespect, Nick, but the Northern Illinois and the Central Michigans and, the, and all those schools, now they're going to start to play Big Ten matchups, yeah. Michigan, Ohio, Iowa's, Ohio State's, and and now we're going to start to see a couple – that zero is going to be turning into a couple one losses, potentially two losses. See, but yeah, my thing with the Big Ten always is, and this is what happens every year, we have three or four teams that are always up there somewhere, and yeah. the only team that ever seems to win is Ohio State when we get to bowl games. Like the yeah. Big Ten always gets talked about, like we'll have great regular seasons and everybody will have a good season. We'll all get these big bowl games, and then Ohio State will be the only one who wins. Or You know what I mean? Like it just yep. – it's a we have five teams in the top ten. I expect that at least four of those teams will be in major bowls at the end of the year. Yeah. If not, if Iowa can sustain, we could even have them playing for a college championship. I think mm-hmm. out of all the teams in the Big Ten, Iowa is the strongest, the most veterans. The coach, Kirk Kirk Ferent, you got to love the coach. I think Iowa has the best chance out of all those to make the biggest showing for the Big Ten this year. So we'll see how that – just my two cents right. for being a Big Ten guy. But, yeah, yeah I, think, and, I think Iowa has the best chance, and let's hope they can pull something off. My only question my only question with them is quarterback. I love their running yeah. back. Their defense yeah. is out of this world. Yeah. But with their system, it's kind of similar to a Wisconsin who's actually falling off this year. Yeah, with really their have. system <laughs> is run the ball, good defense, special yeah. teams. You know what I mean? Three phases, you know, so you don't really need that huge five-star big-name quarterback. But I agree with you. Iowa right now just seems like they are stout. They are together, all facets. Yeah, I do want to mention, and maybe maybe I'm a homer because my fiance who who 
who has relegated me to the car, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I do want to mention her and her Michigan State. Uh, Spartans. Spartans are undefeated right now. They're playing Iowa, uh, Indiana this coming week. Um, they look good. They look absolutely legit. The, the running back they have, Kenneth Walker the third, is amazing. Put up two, over 200 yards in the past game, this past weekend. Um, I think – he is is definitely going to start moving up in that Heisman race. Uh, I definitely think that's something that that he he's going to do because he's been consistent week in and week out, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Now look, let's go into what we got coming up. All right. Aforementioned, I said Michigan State. They got Indiana. I do think that they should get the W, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. This is the game that I everybody know wants to watch next is the Georgia versus Kentucky. Yeah, for sure. I, shout out to Anthony Handy. Anthony said that when he looked at um, the percentage of of who who's gonna who they think's gonna win, Georgia is at ninety five percent chance that they think they're gonna beat Kentucky. What does that say about Kentucky? Well, you know what it says to me. It says watch out because. Wasn't that the same stat about Kentucky had never beaten Florida and how many, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever? And what mm-hmm. did they go in there and do this year? They beat they Florida. Beat so Absolutely. as much as Georgia is a powerhouse, Kentucky's playing, firing on all cylinders. I, I, you know, I've caught a couple glimpses of Kentucky's team. And I'll tell you what, I'm not predicting, and I don't want no guarantees or anything, but I'm telling you, Kentucky <laughs> keeps that game close. Watch out, brother. Yeah, absolutely, because I, I, I am not uh, as, as competent and, um, and, and as Anthony is in their quarterback, Stetson Bennett. Um, yeah. JT Daniels is still hurt. So I think we all know that defense is an NFL defense. We already know that. But right. that offense uh, at quarterback is, is questionable for me. So I do want to see how that plays out. Kentucky's got a good running game. A um, couple other games I want to mention. The number 25-ranked Texas team. We saw they fell to 25th. They are playing an undefeated Oklahoma State team. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game um, because Texas, <laughs> Yeah, well, right, right. There's not much defense in the Big 12. <laughs> Oklahoma State has really been under the radar at undefeated. They're ranked 12. Texas Cowboys. coming off that amazing game a week ago. These games are always pre- pretty high-scoring. I think the Cowboys will get this W. Oklahoma State will get this W. I did not pick Dallas. Okay. Right. Not those Cowboys. (laughs) Right. Not those Cowboys. Um, But I think it's going to be definitely a good game. Um, My uh, my game of the week, or or, no, my upset pick. I'm giving you my upset pick right now. Baylor at five and one is going up against number nineteen BYU at five and one. Baylor will get the upset this week. Mark my words. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the aforementioned game that I talk about, the Oklahoma State-Texas, I think that's going to be the game of the week. I think that's going to be, um, like I said, super high scoring, kind of like the old Miss and the Arkansas game from a week ago. I think there's just going to be trading punches back and forth, and it's going to come um, late in the game. A couple names I just want you to look out for. Quarterback of Alabama, obviously. Stud Bryce Young. Desmond Ritter, quarterback for Cincinnati. Yeah. I, Three-year starter, solid quarterback, really has a hold of that offense. Talked about Kenneth Walker of Michigan State running all over the place. Um, Trey uh, Travion Henderson, the running back at Ohio State, um, 
under the radar, but he has been dominating. He has been really di- – maybe he's not under the radar to the people in the Big Ten, but right. around the country, I, I don't think people – I don't think he's getting as much attention as he deserves. And Jamison Williams from Alabama, the wide receiver, he totally went off in the game a week ago, even in their loss. He had like 10 catches, two touchdowns. Yeah, um, those Alabama receivers, huh? Well, right. They, they never That's- go anywhere, do they? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they're, they're building a factory. They got a factory over there. They got a factory over there. So they're doing it. Honestly, they're doing it. And, and he, I think, is going to be the next one, you know, the next Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, et cetera. So, yo, I got I to uh, shout them out. And, hey, Nate, that's what I got for you today, buddy. I like it. Yes, sir. I like yes, it. That's what I like. That's what I like, I like ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Sean oh, yeah. Spencer, man. He's doing this thing with the college football picks. He's keeping his eye on these teams, man. That's a yeah, lot yeah. of teams, Sean. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Car. I'm the guy. Look, I'm the guy that has the TV on, the laptop. I have this phone. I have this one set up. And then I have my other little side phone. I have that set up. I can be watching three to four games at a time. I DVR mm-hmm. them all. I watch them all again. I mean, look, I, this is what – we love covering this. Yeah. But I just – all I want to do is just be there. I just want to be at every single game. That's that's my passion. That's my heart. So, that's where we're at, man. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you. Thank you for coming. You, and listen, you're welcome anytime. Do the rest of the college football season. Just let me know. I got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, one more thing. One more thing. Washington, real upset. Kansas City, mark it down. <laughs> Guarantee it. Let's go. Guarantee. Hey, does anybody else find it funny that in that clip that Charles Barkley slightly resembles RuPaul when he's out of drag? That's terrible. Come on. That's ter- no, it's terrible. Oh, it's just horrible. Ernie, get him. Ernie, get him. That's terrible. I'm, Let's go. I'm just a slight observation. I ain't trying to, you know, I'm just saying. I'm going to leave. Ball, right? Look, it, it, my asthma was about to flare up because the smoke is in the building. I'm about to roll out here. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you, man. Everything appreciate you, Sean. Appreciate you, Joe. Later, Sean. Later, my guy. Later. Appreciate Later, you. Guys. There he is. Oh, man. Shout out to Sean Spence, ladies and gentlemen. No, that was good. That Gotta was love good. it. Gotta love it. Yeah, definitely. Gotta love it. We're going to transition into the NFL. We're going to preview real quick the Baltimore Ravens versus Los Angeles Chargers. After a awesome comeback by the Indianapolis, by the Baltimore Ravens in the yeah. winter overtime against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not going to even sit here and act like I didn't know this was coming. Or act like I know this was coming because I did it. Rest yes. in peace, Sean Taylor Washington. Wrong for that. Yes, I agree, Sean. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, so kind of a little looking... Well, I know how you feel about this game, Nate. I know how the defensive I'm end, sure. Yeah, go ahead. On the, on the defensive side of the ball, we, we 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 have struggled to get off the field. And, you know, San Diego and Los Angeles is a high-powered offense. On my notes here, they are, they're averaging 28 points a game. Mm-hmm. They're tied six in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, Kenan Allen, Jared Cook, um, they have just been – Destroying guys. Our secondary, even though there's been injuries, uh, we're allowing almost 300 yards per game. We're tied for 28th. Actually, it's 296 to be exact. Okay. Um, we've been pretty decent against the run, but you know we only we allow we're seventh. 
according to the stats here, we ranked 93 yards per game. So um, we just got to just keep get that. We got to keep San Diego off the field as much as possible. Offensively, um, Lamar Jackson has killed another narrative that he can't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we know he can, but yes. You know, let me say, if I may say something here while you're Go ahead. you're collecting your thoughts, I see. So let me, I, I find this game to be very interesting this week because the Chargers just had a shootout with Cleveland this past week, right? And I feel like this is the setup for another one because as we've seen now, duh, Lamar Jackson will will his team to victory if he has to. I mean, he literally took over that game in the second half and willed his team to a victory. And I think that's the Lamar Jackson that, you know, is the MVP candidate, the guy who really puts the team on his back. Because we all we all have talked about this, and we all have said, this poor guy is out there giving his heart and playing, you know, he doesn't have the best talent around him. He, there's been, like, total of, like, 18, 19 injuries on this whole Ravens team for this year. He's playing with, you know, again, these are not scrubs, but, I mean, when your number one receiver is Hollywood Brown, and your other guy's Sammy Watkins. It's not exactly, you know, the greatest talent you have on the field there. And he's making it work, man. He's got Mark Andrews at tight end, who obviously is a big target for him. You know, the running game hasn't really gotten going. I mean, it, they've done okay with Murray and Williams, I guess. But the, the fact is, it's Lamar. And Lamar makes the team go. And again, as much as we have talked about, it sucks when your quarterback's your leading rusher. But right now, that's the way it is. Until these guys are... You know, you get somebody else, or these guys come back from injury, or whatever happens, it's the Lamar Jackson show. Facts. And and so, you know, here he comes again, going against another high-powered offense. Uh, I don't know that any of us is a high power, but I mean, another. You know, they were down whatever how many points in that last game, and he had to will them back to a victory. You know, I I would hate for the Baltimore defense to give up a lot of points early, and you see Lamar having to do the same thing where he's playing comeback. And he's throwing the ball 40 times. His last game was, we covered, he was, you know, 37 out of 43. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's phenomenal. But at the same time, the guy was, I mean, he had to throw. You know, they were behind the whole time. So I, I for this game, I'm going to be honest. I, I did take the Chargers because if you watched Let's Talk Football, the roundtable, in Nick's picks, the Chargers are getting three points. Baltimore's actually favored in this game. They're right. minus three. So I actually took the Chargers plus three coming off that big win in Cleveland. So we'll see how this game goes. But I expect the shootout. I do. Because neither defense is really killing it. You know, they're doing all right. You know, I mean, Chargers with Bosa and a couple other guys. But they're not, you know, they just gave up 42 points to the Browns. So, eh, you know, Lamar may be able to get to him is all I'm saying. So I, I expect kind of a shootout type game again. And, uh, you know, again, it'll be close, I, I, I do think. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I'm looking for a good game. I did take the Chargers, but would I be disappointed if Baltimore won? Absolutely not. So, Nice name drop, Nick. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> Laugh out loud there. Anthony, what's good, bro? What's going on? Good to see you. There you go. Um, I'm with Nick. I mean, you know, again, Lamar, three for 442 yards. Uh, four touchdowns the last game, complete 86% of his passes. Yep, um, he's the first NFL player in history to pass for 400 yards and complete at least 85% of his passes. 
Right. Um, the Colts stacked box, and Lamar still beat them passing the ball. Exactly. Um, coming into this into this week, we had the number one ranked offense. So um, defensively for Sandy at Los Angeles, they have the worst run defense. They're allowing 157 yards per per game. Okay, see, there um, you go. So, we, I mean, the last two weeks we have definitely struggled to run the balls, particularly against Denver and then obviously Monday against Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, Maybe you try the, again against that Chargers defense. We're going to have to try. <laughs> definitely have to try. And But, again, also, too, the others around Lamar Jackson have got to step up. I can't emphasize that enough. Oh, for sure. Um, Hollywood Brown and them. I mean, you got to help your quarterback out. I mean, I know that you know a couple of a couple of throws maybe got away from Lamar, but if he throws in your vicinity, man, you got to come down with it. Right. You got to right. catch it. You got to help him out. You got to be, you know, keep running your route. Try to get open. Try to get off your guy. Do whatever you got to do. But you got to help Lamar Jackson because that guy's running for his life out there and he's making it happen. So yeah, for sure. Excuse me. He's making. He's definitely making it happen. So I'm. I think it's going to be a good game, for sure. Absolutely, I agree, Ant. Um, I'm going to go along the lines. Baltimore is going to win. All right. I'm going to say 34-27. Okay. Guaranteed. Thank you, Charles Barkley. You have a score, Sean? I mean, Nick? Um, hmm. 3427, you say, huh, my friend? Uh, yes. I can dig it, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, you know, I think given the offense that the Chargers have, I we may see a little bit more. I'm gonna go maybe, I don't want to say maybe 40 points, maybe 35. I'll say a 35-30 victory for the Chargers. You guaranteeing that? Uh well, you want to. I don't know if I guarantee. Yeah, why not? 35-30. Let's go. You're going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick is going to say the San Diego Chargers are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens, and he's guaranteeing that. Guaranteed. Thank you, RuPaul. I mean, Charles Barkley. I'm sorry. All right, we're going to transition. terrible, I know. (laughs) We're going to transition into the Washington football team versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, in this game, they're supposed to retire Sean Taylor's jersey, which I think is kind of out of the blue and it's kind of unexpected. Um, I think we should have gave, should have gave the people more time to be prepared for this, um, particularly what's been going on the last few, well, I'd say a couple of days with these emails that have been now came out. Um, I think this is just from the top. I think this is trying to say, look, we're going to retire this guy's jersey and kind of put trying to clean you know, again, trying to clean image, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, people are not slick. I agree. This is not good. I did. This is this is all clearly a Dan. That's clearly a Dan Snyder thing. So, um, I was listening to a, I think it was a in one of the interviews. Jonathan Allen came out and said this defense has been absolutely horrible. Um, the Chiefs defensively have not been much better neither. Um, they're actually allowing they allowed defensively more points than Washington this season. Um, we're both two and three. <sighs> the only thing with both teams, they they turned the ball over. Um, Kansas City has allowed thirty plus points in all their games 
this season. With oh children. my God. I'm not gonna even sit here and act like I didn't know this was coming. Or act like I know this was coming because I did it. They're ranked their defense is ranked 31st. I agree. Um, and then Washington haven't been much better. Um the last three weeks, giving up 33 points, 30 points, 43 points, and now going against Patrick Mahomes. Um, Got to see how we look defensive against him. Uh, Tyler Heine- Taylor Heineke threw two interceptions against New Orleans. That's it. Um, I still think he he is the starter for this team. I still believe that. Just give him time. Each week you, you see development. And him, I, I, I was a fan of Heineke. Um, you know, he came in, he asked to do a certain job, so I'm not mad at it. Uh, but man, <laughs> I think it's going to come down to who doesn't, who doesn't. Haha, RuPaul, Washington wins, I guarantee. <laughs> Sean um, is back. Sean came back. Well, here's the thing. Let me let me say this, if I may, Mister Nate. Sure. Like you said, you have two, two, and three teams, both whose defenses should be playing uh, better but aren't. So I. So, I'm sorry. That's okay. Somebody, somebody was trying to talk. No, but it, it, it just. Uh, this is comes down to offense. Then again, this could be one of those games where if Taylor Heineke is on and hasn't turned the ball over, I'm not saying he's going to go toe for toe with Patrick Mahomes. But this could be one of those games that gets a little bit out of control, and you're seeing another where Kansas City gives up another 20, at least 28 points to a Washington offense that has some weapons on it, that can run the ball, has run the ball at times. And again, if the Chiefs are playing that lousy of a defense, man, I got to think that Heineke can exploit that in his short passing game, the running game. uh, And, you know, I just... I feel like this is almost a trap game for Kansas City because, again, everybody expects them to win, right? This is right. they're playing Washington. You're like, Washington's not going to do anything. But I tell you something, and I'm not I'm not going to go as far as Sean because I know Sean believes in his Washington football team, and that's great. I do think Kansas City wins this game, but I think there's a great possible why I stayed away from this game when I was making my picks because I just think that this is one of those trap games where that if – Washington keeps it close, and and you're just battling it out at the end, man. You know anything happens in those type games, and I just feel like, you know, Kansas City for whatever reason, it's just not clicking on all cylinders so far this year. And again, Washington is trying to find who it is after losing Fitzpatrick in Week One. So you have a battle of, like I said, a team on the decline, and a team that's trying to figure itself out. Which again, sometimes those teams collide, and that's what happens. So again, I'm, I'm picking Kansas City to win the game, but man, if, if if Heineke could find a way to to not turn the ball over and get the ball to those weapons, McLaurin, uh, Gibson out of the backfield, uh, whoever you know, or McKissick, whoever's out, man, you gotta. Ah, I know. It, I again, I'm gonna take Kansas City to win, but this this could be a good game for Washington if they play a complete game. I'll I put agree. It that way. I'll put it that way. I agree. I think what comes down to me, like you said, that who doesn't turn the ball over the most, and someone's gonna click on cylinders. Got to click on cylinders early and get going because it's going to be a long game for either team. But 
I'm with Sean. I'm going to say the Washington football team wins. Um, I'm confident. Okay. I think I like it. I'm just seeing the way, <laughs> the way Kansas City has played the last few weeks. It's um, it's been it's been telling. It's really interesting. So um, so Nick, you said that the Chiefs are going to win. I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, so we're going to so Nick guarantees that we're going to guarantee Nick's saying that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. Guarantee. And then we're going to guarantee myself and Mr. Sean Spencer. Nick, you heard me. I guaranteed it. The Washington <laughs> yes. football team, ladies and gentlemen, are going yes, to win I did this game. You. I heard Chiefs. you, brother. Final score, 35-27. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so, next we're going to transition into the, pair, the, uh. the Bears and Packers preview. Nick, you have the floor. Oh, uh, let me you. know. Let us know what 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 we should look for in this game, and who do you think is going to win? Um, real quick, uh, I just do you want to point out Mason Crosby had twenty uh, had a franchise record of twenty seven consecutive successful field goal attempts, ladies and gentlemen, and and ended in the game with Cincinnati where it went the overtime and he missed three field goals. I'm not going to even sit here and act like I didn't know where this was coming. Well, act like I know this was coming because I did it. So, um, <laughs> let us yeah, know. What's going to happen go. this weekend? This is the divisional rival for you, so let us know what's going on. Well, to me, this game is going to come down to one thing. I Well, one big thing, and I think, and that's the Bears' defense being able to stop Aaron Rodgers and company. Because, again, one of the biggest things the Bears – Keys for victory is always running the football, playing good defense. That's how we've pretty much won the last few games that we've won. Um, and this weekend is not going to be any different. Yes, I'm excited that Justin Fields gets his uh, fourth start, as it were. Um, he's 2-1 and one currently as a starter, which, you know, technically out of all rookies, he's got the best record at 2-1. and one. So that's just a fun stat to throw out there. But again, this is a serious test for him. Um, the thing is, I believe our defense is better than uh, Green Bay's. Uh, Green Bay has trouble stopping the run. And, I, uh, and I'm and i hoping, and again, see, this is one of those things, though. You're down to now probably your third string back in Khalil Herbert, which Herbert showed flashes last week that he could run. But we're without Damian Williams. He's on the COVID-19 list. So it looks like Herbert is going to get a, a, a big big share of those snaps on offense. So this is if, if there was ever a game where I think Justin Fields really needs to step up, whether it's with his feet, with his arm, whatever, this is going to be it. It's a test for him. You know, this is a rivalry game. I mean, a serious rivalry game. You know, Bears-Packers is always one of those intense things. And even though the Packers have been whipping our butt for the last nine, ten years, man, it's like, these games are always important, and especially now, being that we're three and two, uh, you know, it's a division game. This could put us in first place in our division. Uh, again, I think it comes down to defense. Defense has been playing well lately, and if we can pressure Rodgers, we can get to him. He doesn't have time to throw those long bombs to Devontae Adams, that sort of thing. Bears can win this game, and I predict that we will win this game because I feel like our defense has amped itself back up. Be confident. Don't say predict. Right. Be confident. No, I'm just saying, I, I believe the Bears will win. 
I said that on our show or on, our, on the round table. I'll say it here. Uh, I do think the Bears will pull this out. I don't think it'll be by a large margin. I think it'll be a close game because, again, you still have Aaron Rodgers staring across from you. But if the Bears could find a way to get a couple of takeaways, either on fumbles, interceptions, whatever, I think we're good to go. And I think the defense has been playing much better. They're a little bit more focused. They've gone after the ball. And I believe Justin Fields will have a decent game. He continues to progress. And I think, you know, he will he will he will will us to victory this week. So I'm going to go 24-20 Bears over the Packers. Guarantee. And I guarantee that. So there you go. All righty. I like to hear it. I like to hear it. So we're going to move into week six. Um, we NFL this week, the NFL's week six. We're going to predict each team. Uh, this is the, I'm going to call it, we're going to guarantee. Oh, guarantee team. time. Okay. So we got on the, oh my gosh, the first game we have on Sunday. Well, right now, uh, the Buccaneers. Are playing the Eagles. It's twenty-eight to twenty-two right now in the fourth quarter. The oh, Eagles, the Eagles, have, are the Eagles back. have crept back up in this game somehow. They're down I, six. I haven't been paying close attention, but I got it on back here. It's twenty-eight twenty-two, and Tampa Bay is about to get the ball back with five fifty-four left in the fourth quarter. So, wow, there we go. Okay, um, so I said that the if. Tampa Bay can hold on. I said I, the Eagles, the, Tampa, the Buccaneers will win that game. Uh, the first game Sunday, we have the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe actually they're in New England. No, this is they're a in, London they're, game. They're, they're in London. Excuse me. This is a London. London. They're in England, right? This is the London game, my friend. 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday. The Bears are going to tell Aaron Rodgers, don't go chase away from <laughs> Oh, Sean, you're killing me, Small. That's a good one. You're killing me. That is, That's a good one, That's Sean. pretty good, though. I like that. He's, he's, um, are you still in your car, bro? Go in the house. Oh. <laughs> still in the, you still in the car, bro? Come on. Go inside. Um, the Dolphins lost last week. I guarantee that the Buccaneers would beat uh, the, yeah. the Dolphins. Uh, Jacksonville, um, they stink. They're on five. So I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins are going to win. I'm looking on the lines of 28-14. Okay, well, here you go, Big Nate, because I disagree with you. I am going out on a limb this week. I was, it's part of my picks. The, the Jaguars are getting three points in London. Miami, I don't think, has ever won in London when they played this game. And so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the first time this year the Jacksonville Jaguars We'll get a victory over the Tua Tungavailoa-less Miami Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett, something will happen. I don't know what, but he'll, he'll just implode. And somehow Trevor Lawrence will manage to throw some sort of last you know, minute or so touchdown pass to somebody to, to give him the victory. I don't look for a big scoring game. I'm going like, you know, 20 to 14 Jacksonville. But I'm taking Jacksonville this week to get their first victory, despite all the Urban Meyer stuff. Trevor Lawrence has been doing his best to go out there and sling the ball and do what they brought him here to do. And at some point, it's going to crack for him. And I just have a feeling that it's this week against the Dolphins. 
So you heard it here. I'm taking Jacksonville. I'll go 20 to 14 on Sunday. So I got the Dolphins. He's got Jacksonville. We both guaranteed our teams. <laughs> Still in the car. Getting ready for the couch. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. So that's the first game. So it's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, we already guaranteed the Washington football team versus the Chiefs. Um, the Los Angeles Rams versus the New York Giants. Yeah, I I got to take the Rams here. I, I, I as much the as too. the Giants are just beat up. You don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. Galladay's going to play. They lost Barkley again for a small period of time. Kenny Galladay is still out. Uh, like Kadarius Tony had a question mark by his name. Like this poor Giants team is just in shambles on offense. And I don't think with the offense that the Rams have that they're – I mean, the defense on the Giants is not bad, but I don't know that it will hold up to the Rams when their team probably isn't going to score much. I so agree. I'm looking for a Rams uh, kind of a big victory here, maybe 10 to 14 points, uh, Ram victory. So we'll say uh, – I'll go 31-17. I agree with you on that. We'll go Rams. We'll go Rams by two, two, 14 points. At 31-17. I'm with the same score. Los Angeles Rams. I guarantee. Yeah, so poor uh, Giants just the, the bad luck continues for them. It really does. I agree. I agree. <laughs> keeps going. The Indianapolis Colts faced the Houston Texans. Um the Indianapolis Colts came in the ball and came in the Baltimore, Nick, and they played for they played three football. quarters. They had them for three quarters. <laughs> They had them. You have to close out games. This is why. This is why, Nate. These are when things happen. Now, I realize this, and you're going to look at me crazy probably in about 30 seconds when I say this to you. (laughs) I don't even know if I should say it because you're going to look at me nuts. I'm going to pick Houston in this game. I'm going to take the rookie, Davis Mills, to come out. and Because, again, here's a kid who was pushed into action. And he's doing the best that he can. He's going out there trying to sling the ball to whoever he's got. He doesn't have much. No, he doesn't but, have much. But, it, you know, it's almost as bad as Lamar sometimes. When you look at what he's doing. But, you know, he's got, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, Scott Ingram. He's got a couple of guys he can get the ball out to. I don't, you know, again, just one of those things. This is, you know, it's a long season. Things happen. You know, you just get, you know, again, it's a feeling for me, but I – I'm going to actually, you know, the the Colts are so up and down. It's really amazing. I thought they would be so much better this year, so much more stable, so much more, and they're not. And, that you know, it it shows in their record. It shows in them letting Baltimore come back like that on them after having a double-digit lead. I'm going to go ahead and pick maybe not by much, maybe a couple of points, if anything, like a a last-second field goal or something. But I'll go ahead and I'll take – I'm going to take Houston – over in Indianapolis, like a, I don't know, 23-21, 23-22 type situation right in there. Hmm. I'll go that. I'll go that. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I agree. The Indianapolis Colts didn't close in three. You got to close out games. Uh, defensively, they got they got worn out. I think you yep. can, if you wear Indianapolis out by passing and even mixing up with run, um, I think you can win the game. It's just with with me – I'm looking at um, 
Indianapolis. I think Carlson wins. I think they played a great game. And I'm pretty sure Frank Wright and the and the and the, and the, and the coaching staff fixed some things. So um Hey Lucinda, how are you? Good to see you. So oh I want to say that Indianapolis Colts are gonna win this game. Okay. Guaranteed. So it's guaranteed for both teams. He has the Texans, I got the Colts. There we go. The Cincinnati Bengals play the 0-5 Detroit Lions. Oh my gosh. I feel you know, I can't say anything about about the Lions because these those boys compete and you know it just game winning field goal by Greg Joseph. Um I, I respect the fact that Dan Campbell was passionate in the inter post interview. Um you know, I they don't they don't give up. You know, they had the they had the game, they had the the game in quotations, game winning drive and and then that happened. So um <laughs> they just seem to be on the wrong end of the stick. So uh the Cincinnati Bengals, they played a great game. Uh, against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, if you take away the missing field goals, uh, and uh, Joe Burrow has a throat contusion. so He does have a throat, but he, he appears to be fine, and I don't think it's going to keep him out of action this week. So I think he'll continue to do what Joe Burrow has been doing. He's been steadily keeping his team in it. Like, right. and they're in every game, let's just be honest. Even the, you know, the ones they've lost, they've been in, and they should have won. This past Sunday, that the, the the field goal kickers, whatever the hell was going on there in that stadium that day, I don't know if people just somebody had a somewhere I don't know they it just six missed kicks and an extra point like that's ridiculous. That's just you know that come on man like you're in the NFL you got to kick the ball, but again you know eventually it just was too much. You gave Crosby too many chances, and he beat you. So fine, but I think you know obviously coming off. That and I, the fact of you know, even though they're playing, you know, the Lions, you say, well, the Lions maybe at some point will get a victory. I don't think it's this week. I think Cincinnati comes out hungry, knowing that they they let one get away last week that was easily theirs. Uh, so yeah, I, I picked. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick uh, Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, the Lions could put up some points. Who knows? Cincinnati's defense can be suspect at times, but. I'll I'll say Cincinnati by ten, so let's just go like twenty four fourteen. I'm with you on that. But that's my score. Um, twenty four fourteen. We'll go that way. I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati. Guaranteed. The Green Bay Packers. We already guaranteed that. The Ravens. We already guaranteed that. Uh, the Bears as well. Um, same thing. Um, yeah. Panthers versus the Vikings. Vikings are coming off a win. I mean, the Vikings coming off a win against the Detroit Lions. Right. Detroit Panthers Lions. are kind of coming off a heartbreaking loss. Loss. Um, you know, which Vikings team is going to show up? That's which, the Kirk, which Kirk Cousins is going to show up? These are all questions that, you know, you just never know. And that's the thing with the Vikings. They're so up and down so far. In these first five games here, at times they look great. Where you go, damn, that's a good Vikings team. And then you go, no, that's a bad Vikings team. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Like, again, I just, 
just one of those things where I shake my head and go, this is one of those games where I, I pretty much, I don't even know who to pick. I honestly don't. I have a feeling like this game is just going to be one of those, hell, it could even end in a damn tie for all I know. Because I just think that either team, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll take the Panthers merely on the fact that their defense is probably playing a little bit better. And yeah. Sam Darnold might have a decent game against that Minnesota defense. So I'll right. go with the Panthers in a close one. Uh, oh, what the hell? 20, 24-21. I agree. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers. Guaranteed! The 5-0 Cardinals go up against the Cleveland Browns. Um, it seemed like the, It seems like the Cleveland Browns, from what I read earlier today, uh, they're going to pretty much move on from Odell. Um, mm, really? Okay. I mean, at this point, I mean, the chemistry between him and Baker Mayfield, it's just never, it's just, it just hasn't developed. Right. Um, you know, and he's missed, a, he's missed a lot of games with Cleveland. That's so, true. That is true. Um, that's kind of disappointing because uh, he kind of was. I would kind of see he was the missing piece to the puzzle. But um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go on the lines of 27-21. Okay. Arizona Cardinals. Well, yeah, I mean, again, I think Arizona will win the game. And that's the thing. This should be one of those games where you're thinking Cleveland should take this game because – if you looked at if you had told me at the beginning of the year and looked at this week six matchup, I probably would have picked Cleveland to win this game. But after five games this season and having seen what I've seen, and you know, again, is this the first week that the Cardinals take a loss? I I mean, I believe they will lose at some point. Is it the Browns that actually put together a complete game maybe this week and and do that? That's very possible. Um but I think I, be, I I took Arizona in this game uh, because I think Cleveland I – I have to look again. I think Cleveland was actually favored, if I'm not mistaken. So I know I took uh, Arizona with the points. I think it was three or so. But, yeah, I, um, I'm going to take Arizona still probably by like three, four points. It'll be a close game, I would think. But I'll go 30-27. I like it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Uh, the Oakland Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. Ooh, this is actually interesting. Good game. Both teams this come in. The game of attrition because these two teams come in on such a low after starting both three and or right. They're both three and oh, they lost their last two. Yeah. That's how it goes. Like, and it's an AFC West game where the Chargers are kind of starting to separate themselves in this division. So, again, an important week for both of these teams to kind of stay in the race. And it's kind of also to kind of see how the Raiders look and how the math, you know, yeah, with John Gruden. True, and then, John Gruden. And then, and then vice versa, Denver, you know, with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback. As a starting quarterback. Why well, is that the official word we got Drew Locke this week? It looks like it. It looks like it. Okay. So, yeah. So, again, can Drew step up and be the man that Denver needs? Or does the Raiders rebound from that loss to. Oh, who was that they lost to last week? Oh, yeah, that's right. My Chicago Bears. Thank you very <laughs> much. Thank you very much. No, but yeah, I, I think you 
yeah, it, this this is one of those games too where it's like pick them. Either way, like it doesn't matter. Like to me, who wins? It doesn't really. Like I could go either way for sure. Uh, but I guess I'll give the edge to Derek Carr and the Raiders if, in fact, Drew Locke is going to start. Right. I would probably then give the advantage to the Raiders. Uh, so I'll go Las Vegas Raiders by like yeah, four points. I'm going. I agree. Maybe one of those twenty-one seventeen games. Yeah, I agree. 24 20 in that area. Yeah. So I'll go there. We'll go Las Vegas. I'll take. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders, too, y'all. Guaranteed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. Do you want to just go ahead and guarantee this one? You know, it's funny. Before I do that, though, I want to say something. And I think this is more just because I find these kinds of things, I guess, like I always, I, I don't know. I'm one of those guys who likes to root for the underdog, even though I know the underdog probably won't win. But I think this is one of those games where I think I'm, as much as I'm not a Patriot fan, I'm rooting for Mac Jones more than anything else. Two sixteen, Because I feel like a lot of stuff has been put on him unnecessarily with the Brady comparisons and blah, 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 and all that other stuff that, you know, has nothing to do with this young man's growth in the NFL and trying to become an NFL quarterback. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm rooting for Mac Jones, and I, I think that, uh, you know, they're not probably not going to win. Dallas is really playing well on both defense and offense. Like, I don't think anybody can dispute that. So I'm totally – you know, Dallas will, will probably more than 95% win this game. But uh, I'll be rooting for Mac Jones and the Patriots. But I'll take Cowboys probably at least 10 points. So maybe a 31 to 21 type deal, somewhere in that range. I mean, their offense is just really good. Dak's playing well. Zeke's playing well. You know, even some of the, you know, the receivers and even the tight ends, they got like two, three tight ends. Everybody's contributing. Everybody's caught passes. Everybody's caught touchdowns. So, yeah, the the, uh, the offense in Dallas is really rolling. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Dallas 31-21 in this one. You know what? The New England Patriots are gonna beat the Dallas Cowboys. Final score, 30-24. Guaranteed. Really? Interesting. All right. All right, Nate. I see you there, pal. I see you. And then we got the Seattle Seahawks versus those Pittsburgh Steelers. Seattle goes into Heinz Field uh, coming off kind of a – not a tough loss, a tough loss against Los Angeles of Seattle and Pittsburgh kind of getting a much needed win, kind of getting a big bang, kind of getting the monkey off his back, you know, after pretty much them, you know, saying he needs to retire, he needs to be benched. And, right. Um, Russell Wilson's not playing because uh, of he has a finger and he injured his finger in the game against the Rams. Yes, that's very sad so, for me. <laughs> um, so that means that Tom Brady – has the longest active streak of consecutive starts. Um, so 
that sucks. Russell Wilson uh, had a con had a was it like one forty nine, one sixty five, something like that. A so, streak of games, yeah. Like he, he started. So unfortunately, um, this is actually the first game in his career that he'll miss. Yeah, absolutely. He does not start it right. Now that's now Tom Brady. So Geno Smith it is. Congratulations. Oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> right, because the uh, Tampa Bay just won 28-22. That game is now officially over. Eagles lose another one. Sorry, Eagles. I mean, they did make a nice comeback. Jalen Hurts seems like he played pretty well in the second half. What are you gonna do? It's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. What do you, what do, you do? Relationship with your Oh children. my God! Cue the R. Kelly. I love it. You gotta go. But yeah, so, so there you go. Yeah. What else we got on here? We have a. We, we got we got the Monday Night Football game. We got the Bills. So uh, we didn't. Um, I'm gonna say. Russ ain't there. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Who do they got again? Who did you say they were playing? The Seahawks. Oh, that's right. It's the Seahawks game. Um, You know, I guess, man, yeah, it's hard to, with Russell out, man, you got to, I mean, again, you still have, you know, Metcalf and Lockett and uh, Chris Carson may be back this week. He's still, you know, the, he's still on the, he practiced a little bit limitedly, I guess, today. So still a game-time decision, I think, on Chris Carson. Otherwise, Alex Collins would probably start. So, yeah, this could be one of those games. I think a low-scoring defensive game, maybe. Hmm. I mean, Big Ben has shown, again, Ben Roethlisberger has shown flashes of he could still sling the ball down the oh. field, which we know he still has a, a good arm. But Ben just moves slower. He doesn't slower. have – he's not mobile. So, I mean, if they can get to him, that's going to frustrate the hell out of him. I agree. So I, I think this will be a low-scoring game, probably something like 17-14, and I guess I might have, you know, as much as I don't want to, I'll, I'll go along, not because of you, but just because I am I like Russell Wilson in Seattle, I'll go Pittsburgh 17-14. Yeah, I agree. Guaranteed! And then we got a Monday Night Football game, the Bills versus those Titans. That actually should be a good game. Derrick Henry versus the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's Derrick Henry. You just said it. It's Derrick Henry versus the Buffalo Bills. So to me, I on paper, this looks like a like really like Buffalo and Buffalo is not again. This is what kills me about some of this stuff when they laid numbers. I just had my sorry, I had my sheet with me. But yeah, this was another game where I looked and I went, that's that's the line. Now that's the spread. It's only like three points. But I think I think Buffalo takes this game as much as, you know. I know Tennessee has weapons, but it just it hasn't come together for them as they would like. They it has not. Derek, you have a workhorse in Derrick Henry. He's always going to get his. Let's just be honest about that. But there is just when you look at Buffalo and the way they're playing, my friend, there's just too much there. I agree. Defensively, offensively, I I don't see. How, I mean, again, any given Sunday we know, but. I don't. I don't see how uh, Tennessee would have to play a pretty much a perfect game to overcome Buffalo on Sunday. So, or Monday night. So I'm going to go Buffalo by at least 13. I'm going to. I'm going to pick that. I'm going to go whatever. 
30 to 17 or something. We'll go like that. Yeah, I'm with you. Derrick Henry, I, I just I feel so bad for Derrick Henry. I mean, you do. You really do. I mean, he, he, to me, he's a future Hall of Famer. They're just running his legs out off. And, well, that's you know, I, I, I would think the acquisition of Julio Jones would work. Well, A.J. Brown is there, Julio Jones. Jones and, I, I mean, know, they, they, they made some moves, and it's just like. Yeah. But again, happened? just not, not coming together, brother. That's it. Maybe Tannehill is not what we thought he was. He's Maybe not he what they – you want to crown him? Go ahead and crown him. He's what we thought they were. Maybe, Maybe that's Tannehill was who we thought he was. Maybe Mike Vrabel's not who we thought he was neither. Who knows? There, there you go. Exactly. So I'm oh, with yeah. I'm with you on that. The Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, are going to win on Monday Night Football against Tennessee Titans. Guaranteed. Okay. There you go. So that is the segment for this week's um, football, week six. That is our guarantees. Uh, be on the lookout for next week, week seven. Um, that should be an interesting week because a couple of teams are actually on the bye. So um, I'm going to switch up a couple things. Um, we're going to, if it's okay, Nick, I'm going to talk about Major League Baseball last because I want to get into and, and things around the NFL, talk about the NBA, recap WNBA, and then talk baseball. I know we're going to be a while with that. Right. Um, so we talked about Sean Taylor. His jersey is going to be retired. Not a fan fan of the timing of it. This doesn't make sense to me. Uh, don't get me wrong. His jersey should be should be retired, but not right now. Not in the midst of what's going on with these emails. Um, John Gruden, um, in my personal opinion, I feel like he was scapegoated. Um, I think this is a bit. I think this speaks a, to a bigger issue of something around the NFL. We have thirty-two NFL owners that I'm pretty sure we're aware of these emails. Um, and it just seems like the stem of it is from Daniel Snyder as the mm -hmm. owner of the Washington football team. And it's really getting to the point where when do we start holding these owners because accountable? Because we all know that these guys – Roger Goodell does not run the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. It is the owners. They're the ones that are making that there's making money off the league. And you have to wonder after seeing those emails by John Gruden, because at the time he didn't work for he he worked for ESPN, not the league. Right. If you walk into if you're a Khalil Mack, if you are a um, Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke. If you are a Daniel Jones, if you are a David Mills, uh, right. DK Metcalf, you go in these locker rooms. Why wow, is that how my coach feels? Does my coach implement the same thoughts that what of uh, what John Gruden said? What John Gruden said was one thousand percent egregious, uncalled for, and I appreciate what those guys, the guys, you know, Darren Wall and Derek Carr were talking about forgiveness. I, you know, I am, for me, I am a forgiving person, but there, there's something that's called accountability. And what John Gruden did was the right thing. He stepped down as the coach. But at the Correct. end of the day, the first thing, and, and, and I'm still learning this, I'm not perfect. The Herm Edwards once said it, just don't press sin. Whatever makes you mad, whatever, you know, grinds your gears, it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, somebody... Is going to, we're in, we're, somebody's going to be a TMZ. 
Somebody's going to, there's a shade room. It's on social media. Once it's on, it's on social media, you can delete it, but somebody can screenshot it and it ain't going to go away. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, my thing is, and Nick, we kind of talked about this pre-show, is who leaked these emails out? Because now, because that's the biggest question of the league. Now, the Players Association wants those emails shown in the league, and this is pretty much the owners are saying, no, we're not doing that. Which tells me something is something's up, and this is just this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it definitely is quite to me. That was the big. I think one of the biggest questions here is kind of why. Also, like why now? Like what? What was it, or what is it? The chain of events that you said, okay, now is the time for us to release these emails for one. Because again, who? The person who looked whose emails they were are John Gruden's. So is this someone who has an axe to grind with John Gruden who said, you know, this is the perfect time for me to release these or whatever, to bring these at you know, to bring these things to light to make John Gruden look bad? And again, obviously he wrote them, so he made himself look bad. But my point is those we would have never seen those emails had nobody, right? And nobody leaked them. We wouldn't know of what John Gruden said or whatever, and we still don't really. We don't have all of the facts on there. It was Bruce Allen, in my opinion. Uh, okay, maybe, and maybe it was again. But that's what I'm saying. Why though? Why now? Why at this time? What was the purpose? What were you hoping to accomplish, accomplish with that? It. Was it just to get Gruden fired, or did, you know what I mean? Like, so it's there's too many questions here, and I, you know, and again, and I'm just gonna go out on a limb here, folks. I'm going to say that these are not the first time that someone. In a, in a position, and again, remember at this time, Gruden was not a coach. No. He was just a commentator in the Monday Night Football booth, I believe, around this time 10 years ago. So, you know, again, you're entitled to your opinion if that's how you truly feel. I don't know that it is. I don't know John Gruden. I don't want to speak for John Gruden. You know, whether he said, you know, like he said, he goes, you know, I made a mistake with what I said. I'm, I He apologized and he did the right thing. Like you said, I believe he did as well by stepping down and relieving himself as the coach of the Raiders so that this doesn't hang over their heads for the rest of the year. I mean, it still will. It'll be there. But the fact is he removed himself from the situation, which was, I believe, the right thing to do given the circumstance. And I'm sure more will come out about this as time goes on. And, again, I talked a little bit about this on the roundtable the other day. You know, and I apologize because I brought up the fact that as a young man, when I was much younger – and again, I know John Gruden was an adult when he said these things. So it may be a little different, but whatever. My point was that, you know, I believe in life. We've all done things and we've all said things that, you know, and again, you brought up an, an interesting point too, Nate, about, you know, don't press send, like don't do stuff in anger. That's the other thing too. Sometimes your feelings come out when you're angry. Yeah. And that's when you're most vulnerable because you will write anything or you will say anything out of anger that you're feeling and if it's targeted at a particular person what's the one thing you'll do is you'll go for you'll go for what hurts that person the most or you go for what would make that person you know what i'm saying feel yes. bad about themselves or that's what people do when they're angry when you see people fighting or arguing what do they usually do then they start throwing jabs at each other about personal stuff because they know that hurts the other person. Right. That's part of it too. 
So again, all these things that have been said, yeah, maybe there are true feelings of John Gruden. Maybe he doesn't feel that way at all. And as you said, responded in anger. I don't know, and that's a subject for another time. But I just think it's one of those things where the timing is very suspect. Again, and then tying into what you were saying about retiring Sean Taylor's jersey at this particular moment, that seems a little suspect in terms of a peep. Maybe, again, Daniel Schneider lately in the last year, he's really been playing the PR game well. He's been playing it well because, again, it's, it's an image. He's trying to right. clean the toilet. Exactly. I mean, like with hiring the minorities into his, into you know, again, he hired a female to be a, a high-ranking exec in his, on his team. You know what I mean? You just go, man, bro, you're really trying hard to get that PR machine going, aren't you? Because he and because what, he's trying because he wants he wants his image to be look okay. look what I'm exactly. doing I'm doing this and, and right. but see when you do that you know we listen it, Sean even said it on the show um, when you have a dance team and you have your wife practically come out in an interview saying well we we do take that seriously but. You know, at some point, they have to let it go. What happened in the office? Bullshit. Because there was a, a lot of sexual allegation, sexual assault in the workplace with like Washington football photos team. Photos and stuff, or something. I heard like there was some. Yeah, something like that. And it's stuff, just like yeah. this is what's going on in your front office, and you have your wife, who is the CEO, come out and pretty much saying they need to just get pretty much, pretty much saying get over it. You know, we're sorry that it happened. But you know, it's their word against our word, and 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 that kind of stuff, and that, and that that's just not cool. I think it's best if he sells the team because it's the, you know I, the, the team's not going to go anywhere with him as owner. It's just not. Guarantee. And I just think that this weekend retiring Sean Taylor's number, you know, it's not BS. But I think that, like you said, the timing of it, I think bullshit. It's, and then on top of that, um, why are you doing this now? You could have done this last season. You could have done this years ago after he got killed. I mean, um, he died in 2007. Yes. So I had to look that up to make sure I had the year right. But yeah, years like ago. this guy's been dead for 14 years. And now after that, hey, we're going to retire Sean Taylor's number this weekend. That doesn't, like, yeah. Does that, I mean, does, yeah, just like you said, the poor man's been dead 14 years. And I mean, he obviously you could have done this at any point leading up to this year, and you haven't. And now, like you said, all of a sudden, oh, it's time to retire Sean Taylor's number. I agree. I, so I just there, that, that definitely looks so suspect. It's very suspect. And at the end of the day, it just you know again, this is the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. I was talking about with the Atlanta Dream, and I'll continue to say it again. Just you know, just hold this, just hold, just be accountable for your actions. Plain and simple, and understand that your actions may have consequences. I think when you take responsibility for your actions, then that's where you know you see yourself growing as an adult. Plain and simple, and I do hope that John Gruden learns from this. He will never get another job in the NFL. Probably not. That's for sure. Um, I would think, but that. it's it's not. It's just it's, with Jerry Jones in Dallas. No, we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> Um, Brett Favre has to return over eight eight hundred thousand eight 
over over eight hundred thousand dollars in welfare funds to Mississippi or face a civil lawsuit. Really? When did this happen? What was uh, Brent doing? I'm not sure. Um, so it's pretty much saying the funds were supposed to go to accept the $1.1 million in funds from two nonprofit organizations um, for speaking engagements that he never attended. Ah, um, but they paid him. Yes, he's not. he doesn't face any criminal charges for his involvement. But if he doesn't repay the money within 30 days, they, he will serve a civil suit. So be careful with a civil suit. Okay. Interesting. Brett, Brett, come on, man. You didn't make the appearances. Pay the money back. I agree. I got to imagine back. you I got to imagine you have the money, so Yeah. Go ahead, man. Just pay it back. Yeah, just do the right thing. Do the right thing, Brett. Right, do the right as Spike Lee once said, do the right thing. Uh Christian McCaffrey probably won't play this week. Probably um, will or won't. It's it's in doubt. I was going okay, to that's what I thought. That's why I was like, yeah. Because he just he can't stay practice. healthy. He didn't practice today. And He's so depending on what he does tomorrow on Friday, because, yeah, he didn't practice today. That hamstring, you know, I think they're going to give it another week possibly. He may not play this week. Yeah. But, I mean, but we'll he just, he's, he's another one who just cannot stay healthy. He can't stay healthy, right. I mean, Saquon when he's Martin in there, he's phenomenal. Team. When he's in there, he's great. But, you know, last week, what, he missed seven weeks? Something right. like that. Yeah. Got to stay um, healthy, my friend. Yeah, I agree. Madden 22 is going to remove uh, John Gruden after the whole e the whole fiasco with the emails. Um, yeah, saw that. Yeah. So I know Madden did that with Ray Rice after the domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully and, so. And rightfully so, both. So that's good. Madden's doing that. Um, what else is happening on the NFL? That's pretty much it that's going around the NFL. Uh, really quick, I want to transition into the NBA. Uh, so Ben Simmons finally came into training, uh, came into camp. Was it Tuesday? Um, I saw that, even though he didn't say he said he did. He specifically say he wouldn't, or he was just holding out and like, well, I think what was he, he, he it was reported that he wanted out. Right. Um, after I remember the, that. Yes, exactly. He packed, he sold his house in Philadelphia and uh, wants to be traded to LA. Okay. Um, he still hasn't cleared COVID, COVID testing protocols yet. Um, tomorrow, as of today, he'll mm -hmm. be cleared. Okay. Uh, so it looks like he's not going to play in the last preseason game. Okay. So, um, don't know where that's really going to happen with him, but I think it was I, it was good for Joel Embiid to say, "Look, we need him. He's an important piece. Let's not right. make it awkward." But um, it's you know Ben Simmons, you know, hey, got to get it together. Kyrie Irving, um, man, this and, and this is again a hot topic that's been talked about with Kyrie. Yeah. Um, well, again with the COVID and. and not wanting to get the vaccinations, right? Well, it's he. I, I first he hasn't made it clear if he's going to get it or not. He's just sticking by his principles. Right. Uh, he's saying it's what feels good to him. Um, you know, he didn't 
But he, he went on Instagram Live last night, and he didn't really talk. He didn't take a shot at anybody with the Brooklyn Nets. He didn't take a shot at Kevin Durant. Basically, he was just going at the media. Um, Because the Brooklyn Nets came out and said that he's not going to start. He's not going to be in any practice. He's not going to be any, with any games or practices until he complies with New York City's mandate to get vaccinated. Okay. Um, you know, he, he he he's made it vehemently clear that it, this is it's bigger than basketball. Um, he he understands the risks that he's taking. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving's, I think his contract is like two hundred seventy million dollars. You have to forgive me, Nick, as my computer screen is frozen. No, oh. I don't know why it's doing that. Right. Oh, hopefully, there he goes. Now we're back. Okay. Um, so I don't really know where what to really look at it like this. He 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 he's going to lose at this point if he misses every game in Brooklyn, including the preseason and including the two games against the Knicks. He could lose over a hundred and he could lose seventeen million dollars. Now yeah. he can sign a four year deal with for one hundred eighty seven million dollars. Um. I just want to point some things out that he said in the Instagram video that I think that stuck out for me. You've got to make these convictions yourself. Yo, you're going to lose out on money. You're, you're going to lose out on this. So what? It's not about the money, baby. It's about choosing what's best for you. You really think I want to lose money? You really think I want to give up my dream to go after a championship? You think I really just want to give up my job? Think... I really just want to sit at home and not go after the things my teammates that I have able to grow with, to learn with, and to learn to take to sacrifice in this space. You think I want to give up my livelihood because of a mandate because I don't have accommodations because I'm unvaccinated? Come on. Um, he says he's still uncertain about a lot of things, and that's okay. This is my life. I get to do whatever I want with this life. This is one body that I get here. And you telling me what to do with my body, this has everything to do with what's going on in our world. I'm being grouped into something that's bigger than just a game of basketball. I stay grounded in what I believe. It's simple as that. It's not about being anti-vax or being on one side or the other. It's just being true to what feels good for me. If I'm going to be demonized or more questions or taking my time to make a decision with my life, then that's just what it is. I know the consequences of my decision that I make with my life. I'm not here to sugarcoat any of that. Um, he also said, no one's hijacking this voice. See if they play this on their TV channels and if they play the actual truth somewhere before you start talking about me and what I'm doing with my life. And no, I'm not retiring. And no, I'm not going to leave this game, leave this game like this. There's still more, more work to be done. Right. Um, when I listened to that whole, it was just like, 20, like 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. I have to respect him because he's sticking by his principles. You know, he understands the consequences. Um you know, it's his choice and we have to respect it. You know, and and, and this is just, this is just me. Ever since Kobe Kobe died, I, I just see the different side of Kyrie. Um, let me just point out some of the things that he's done okay. that I think need to be um, mentioned. He's given over $1.5 million to the WNBA. Okay. He brought George Floyd's mama house. 
Paid oh, tuition okay, for nine HBCU students. He's bought 200 plus kids Christmas presents. Provided over $250,000 in Thanksgiving meals in New York City. You know, he's just, he he sees he, he sees life different. And we, we have to cherish it because life is precious and, you know, we can all be gone. Oh, for like sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he's right. You know, we shouldn't have to be forced into something that we don't want to do. Um, I said it, I can't remember what episode it was. I know that it was this season with COVID. Um, it's become very political. Um, you know, you're either on, and, and again, it's, it's it, you know, this is very murky territory yeah. that we're walking into. Um, but, you know, he he's doing what's best for him and his family. And, you know, does it suck that he possibly won't play this season? And could potentially hurt Brooklyn winning a championship. Yeah. Sure. But you have to respect he's standing by his principles. That he is. Muhammad Ali did it when he didn't want to go, when he didn't want to do his tour duty with the Vietnam War. Right. Um, it's just Colin, you know, Colin Kaepernick when he took a knee, even though. I just wish the message would have been clearer with Colin. Like, what do you do? Like, this is what I'm doing it for. Right. And I think the message got watered where everyone said, you know, took it differently. And mm -hmm. now you look at Kyrie. And also, too, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I, I became a, a, I'm in mass communications and journalism and media major because the media controls and spins the narrative. You know, they're always going to put things out there to, and the, and the general public to say, these things, you know, they're trying to make Kyrie Irving the, the bad guy, but can you yeah. really say he's a bad guy for a choice, a personal choice that he made? Right. No. But you got guys like Stephen A. And others, and and and, and again, Stephen A. I'm using him as an example because I I I, I, I respect the passion, but sometimes your his heart your his heart can be in the wrong place. Right. That's just my personal opinion, Stephen A. Um, right. And others. But also, too, I'm pretty sure Kyrie is aware of what's been happening around. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is a good example. I mean, he lost his mother to COVID. He had COVID himself. I mean, this is not, this is, this is some scary stuff. It, it, it really is. And, you know, we just have to, this is, to me, I, I thought this would be a very great time for us as a as a society as a to come together and be in a place where we're all together but it kind of seems like we're more worried about individualism than community to some in my opinion but um i really do hope that they work something out with Kyrie um if they got to trade him they got to trade him but the the um the Brooklyn Nets, I think they'll be fine without them. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Yeah. Um, we're going to transition into the WNBA uh, game two. Phoenix Mercury beat Chicago in overtime. It was a really good game. Um, 
for Chicago. I uh, came in. I said Phoenix was going to win game two. I guaranteed that so that I got that right. Um, I told you the biggest key was their big three. We're having the baseball. We're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about it in a minute, Sean. I decided to – I didn't forget about it. Actually, I said the key was the big three. They had to come out and they had to they had to go off. Um, Skylar Diggins had a double double. Um, what else? Look at the box score. Brittany Griner played really well. She had a dunk in the first quarter. Um, you know, Phoenix going into the second quarter. You know. There was 20 to 14 after you know they were down 26 to 20. Chicago came out and they shot 60 percent, and by halftime they were shooting 48 percent. Um, Sophie Cunningham came back; she looked pretty good after missing the game with an injury. Um, to be the biggest key was just mm-hmm. the big three had to go off. Um, like I said, for Chicago, just late turnovers and just missing easy shots. That was the key. Um, they definitely didn't look poised. I will say that from game one. Uh, they looked kind of, uh, I guess they kind of came in cocky, kind of with their heads high. And well, I mean, they, to, in some way, maybe, but that's good for them, too. They need to come in with that kind of confidence. And again, right. Things happen, you know. They took it to overtime, and then you know, game three is up next. What is that? Uh, Saturday? Friday? No, Friday. Friday. Okay. Tomorrow? Okay. Friday. There we go. So, um, also too, they struggled to get to the back basket. Chicago, they missed free throws. Uh, they went to the line four times compared to Phoenix eleven. That's going to be the key. Chicago getting to the free throw line, and Allie Quigley has to get going from three point line. That was another thing that I took away from that game. Uh, she could not get her, her shot going off. She only had she had 19 points, but was three of 12 from three. Wow, okay. So that was kind of a interesting statistic. Uh, but as far as Phoenix, they looked better. Phoenix, um, even though Chicago outscored Phoenix, rebounding 50 to 40, it didn't feel like that. Okay. It didn't feel like that to me. Um, Diana Taurasi had 20 points and Brittany Grant had 29, but I feel like it, offensively, Chicago, again, they just couldn't get it going. And uh, really quick, I just think the key for game three, mm-hmm. I think the Kyrie situation is a little di- different from Ali, from Ali and Cap. I can see why you would say that, Sean. I can tell you would say that. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean that. I mean that was that was key. I mean overtime was really good. Uh, just again, Chicago late turnovers and not hitting shots was the key. So game three should be interesting tomorrow. Um, I'm going to say because Chicago they're back home for games three and four. So yeah, they got to get to the free throw line. They got to. Cut down the turnovers. They got to start early. You can't start hot early and then cool off like that. Right. Because that, that hurts. So 
I think the Chicago Sky are going to win game three. Guaranteed. Let's hope so, my friend. I would love a Chicago championship again. That would be great. Yes. Uh, really quick, I didn't talk about this in the last episode, but uh, Diana Taurasi was labeled uh, the GOAT of the WNBA. I have no issue with that. Um, I think Diana Taurasi is one of the best women basketball players in the game. But to say the greatest women's basketball player of all time, I think that I don't I don't like that because I think that does a disservice to the other women that played this game. By like Cheryl you know, Miller, Cheryl Miller, Swoops, Lisa Tina Leslie. Thompson. Like I, I just don't really feel like I don't do that greatest of all time thing because I think you you, you you kind of discredit what the others have done. I think it should be by decade, and each decade should have their own top five like by play by, and I think that's how they should do it. Yeah. Because if you're saying, well, I'm in the top 25, but she's the greatest basketball player all time in this league, uh, and, and everybody that's on the top 25 had an argument. So, I mean, well well deserved for Diana Torres. I'm not taking anything away from her. I just think that we need to really – I don't. I just don't like that GOAT talk. I mean, we could say greatest of each generation, but of all time, where each decade you've seen how the game's evolutionized, now it's changed – yeah. That's just me. So um, we're going to transition into baseball uh, really quick. Some news. Uh, the Yankees parted ways with three coaches, and one of them was not Aaron Boone. One of them was not um, Aaron Boone. So there you Marcus, go. Marcus Thames, the hitting coach, assistant coach P.J. Piltier, and Phil Nevin. Their contracts will not be renewed. There you go. Um We'll see. And Phil, oh my gosh, why am I losing his name? Ray Fozzie, why did I say Phil? Ray Fozzie died uh, at the age of 74 uh, at the 16 year battle of cancer. If you don't remember what he was, Ray Fozzie was, he is infamously known as the guy that was ran over by Pete Rhodes in the All Star game. Right. Um, Two time champion with the Oakland Athletics. Yes. Uh, some people actually said that actually messed his career up, too. That, yeah, some say he was just not the same after that. So that was interesting. So rest in peace. My thoughts and prayers to, to his family. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals manager, Mike, help me pronounce the name, Nick. Hilt? Hilt? What is it? Uh, Schilt? Schilt. Schilt. Schilt, I believe is how it's said. Coach Schilt, his contract was not renewed. He was um, done in St. Louis, yes. Done in St. Louis due to philosophical reasons. <laughs> philosophical differences, exactly. Um, yeah, we didn't think you coached very well, so we're going to fire you. But we'll tell everybody it was philosophical differences. You know, Basically even though he coached, you know, he coached the last three years for the Cardinals. I can't take away the last uh, this season where they won 17 straight games. I mean, that's amazing, um, right? Like, how do you, yeah. I mean, how do you do it? I don't know. Um, but I think a lot of it also, too, I think it's pressure. Because um, this team, on paper, I think is probably one of the best. It's a competitive team in the in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like They were expected to be. And so when they were struggling right. for so long, like, basically with the – just about two months to go, they were pretty much out of the race. Right. 
And I mean, they, they, come they, back, they caught yeah. fire and they went 17 and whatever, you know, like and all of a sudden they're playing in the playoffs. You're like, whoa, where'd the Cardinals come from? Yeah, I have no idea where they, they came didn't from. catch Milwaukee, but they, you know, they're right there. Yeah. So he career uh, managed the St. Louis Cardinals from 2018 to 20 this year. He won 252 games, lost 199. Yeah. Uh, he's lost in the national championship series against Washington, the wild card against the Padres, yeah. and the Dodgers last year, unfortunately, to the Dodgers as well. So um, I don't know where the Cardinals will go, but I mean, it's all it's all but up. It's all but up. So we're going to get into the championship preview. Uh, we're now down to – Three well, teams. We still have five teams because the five one teams. team has not – the other, the fourth team has not officially declared itself. We are currently right. in the eighth inning. I think we're going into the bottom of the eighth or top of the ninth. It's 1-1 Dodgers and Giants. Please, I'm really hoping we do not have another St. Louis card, like the card with Dodgers in the wild card. Please. Um <laughs> That looks okay. like that looks like a pitching duel, honestly. Yeah. One to one, one to one, going into the ninth, I believe, is uh, uh, the game. So yeah, they're badly. They're, these are two teams: one one hundred and six, one one hundred and five. So they've been battling all year. They're in the same division. This is just another one of the epic battles between the Giants and the Dodgers. And whatever team comes up on top, they get the Atlanta Braves of all teams. Atlanta pulled out the series against the Brewers, which I was kind of shocked. I had the Brewers winning that series. So mm-hmm. now Atlanta comes in with an opportunity. And I, I mean, when was the last time Atlanta was in the World Series? Oh, wow. It's been a minute. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, the last time was probably the one they won in the 90s, right? Yes. So, I mean, Atlanta, four games away now from a potential. And again, we're waiting to see who they play. Either, you know, I obviously either either team presents matchup nightmares for Atlanta. I don't know how good the pitching is going to hold up. I, I mean, if they pitched well in the series against Milwaukee, right? But these are two offensive teams you got here in the Giants and, and the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. So I mean, it's going to be a tough. Whoever the Mets draw or whoever the Braves draw, it's going to be a tough go. But again, they're play, they they hit their stride at the right time. They're playing well without their best player, right? Acuna yes. hasn't played, so you, you know you're you're uh, you're definitely. You know, scrapping, scrappy, and and really, you know, doing everything you can to win. So I mean, you, you know, we'll see. Again, we're we're waiting for the end of that Giants Dodgers game to see who they'll play. So it's hard to give an accurate preview. But again, either team could present a matchup problem for the Braves. But uh, you never know. Again, this is baseball, baby. So right, you never game, know. So. Any, anything can happen. I mean, we yeah. saw that we seen the Miami Marlins, a wild card team, twice. Yeah, exactly. World Series. Yeah, so yeah, we're in the top of the ninth now, one to one. Dodgers are currently batting, so batting. So we'll see what happens there for sure. So let's let's so let's break down the championship preview. We got one. We got the American League. Uh, oh, we got the Boston Red Sox versus the Houston Astros. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't know this was coming. Why act like I know this was coming? Because I did it. Yeah, the. The, the the Reds are the Red the Red Sox are riding a hot streak, my friend. Like yes, coming into this thing, having to play the one game playoff against the Yankees, beating them, then taking out the defending American League champion Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, you know, and and they just played well. They deserved a win. They won. 
now here's the thing though they got the Astros in the next round of course championship series but my given that I just heard today found out today Nate that Lance McCullers will not be available for the Astros that's a big blow it is that is a huge like he was their ace he pitched games one and four against my White Sox and pretty much just gave up two runs in both of those games to us but McCullers we couldn't hit and that's a shame that he won't be available for this series because I'm telling you, the guy was throwing well. So now you got to figure, uh, you know, they got uh, Garcia, Yimini. I, I forgot the guys for the oh, Jose, uh, you got Garcia, you got, and then, you know, maybe you pull Grinky out of the bullpen and now he starts because you right. have Zach Grinky coming out of the hey, bullpen. You got Jake Odorazzi. Yeah, Odorazzi. But I'm saying, like, it, it's not, you know, McCullers was, was the guy and he pitched two right. games in that White Sox series to get them victories. So it'll be interesting to see now how they set up their rotation against this Boston offense. Because again, Boston's on fire right now. Yep. And Houston with the, you know, kind of the diminished pitching a little bit. Uh, you know, this could be a series where the Red Sox really jump out early. Now, again, you can never discount a lineup. Okay. Honestly, that Houston has when you go from Altuve to Brantley to Bregman, Correa, to, to, to Correa, to Guriel, to I mean, the, 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 it's just on and on. One through nine, you're like, good lord, do I get a break here? And, and you know what's funny? Here's the thing. They, 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 they kind of, they kind of, they've so far they've shut up their critics after the whole stealing sign stealing scandal. Yes, and again, um, that, yeah, I know true. what's Ryan Ryan Tapera. Tapera decided he wanted to chime in on that, which. I, I mean, I would have already said nothing, but whatever. He just said what he said, and then we go out and lose 10 to 1. So, way to go, Ryan. That really helped. You know, yeah. So, just be quiet, man. Just, you know, just pitch. Nobody uh, has nobody has you about that. I get I know it was part of a longer thing, and they just took that particular thing out of the context, which I get. But, you know, if you listen to what he said, he, he was talking a lot more about stuff, and that's fine. But, you know, he said what he said, and it didn't help any, believe me. And I'm sure Houston went, okay. We'll show you who's cheating. Take this. I agree. And sure enough, that was it. So, yeah. Next time, there's no need to say anything to Para. Just keep your mouth, keep quiet there and pitch. And he did pitch well in the series for the couple appearances he was in there. But again, Houston was too much. And again, that's why I say, even though their pitching is going to have to really scrap together, they got Maton in the bullpen. They got a, they have a Garcia in the bullpen. It's, it's, you know, they got a couple of guys that hopefully will rebound. Uh, so I don't know. Are you talking about the Atlanta Braves, Sean? That's got to be the Atlanta Braves last time. They, yeah, the last time they won one. So that, you know, so yeah, it just, I look for a good series because again, it's Houston and they've been right. in the championship series, what, the last four or five years? Yep. Literally. So, I mean, they're there to compete. They always do. You know, but I think I think they're running into a buzzsaw that is the Boston Red Sox right now, and it's really and also too. You got to give Boston credit. You know, Alex Alex Cora, who well, who was a coach on those on, on that, that suspect twenty seventeen team, 2017 team uh, right? Like, so you're gonna have a little bit of that going on there. The gamesmanship begin. So, but but I mean, with Sale going and the Evaldi, uh, you know, that one too for for Boston is great. Of but they're hitting. Hits. I mean, Verdugo can. I mean, Verdugo. Well, everybody, Redfro. Martinez, even though he's hurt, can hit. 
Hunter Renfro, uh, Verdugo, uh, Martinez, Xander Bogarts. I mean, they have a good lineup. They really do. The Red, that's why I say, and the Red Sox are peaking at the right time, I think. Yeah. I and agree. again, I think this is the time where if, if Houston's pitching, which is now is going to take it, it's taking a hit with McCullers being out. I got to say, man, I, I definitely favor Boston in this. I say Boston in six. I mm. favor the I favor them in this series. Now, real quick before we get into that, what do you what do you think uh, Tampa Bay because they won a hundred games? Yes, they did. Um, to pretty much lose. Um, well, again, they ran into the buzzsaw, my friend. And again, one was one of those crazy plays where Tampa Bay should have won that game, but the ball bounces, hits the player in the chest, right? Right. And goes over the wall. And they call it a ground rule double. Double. Which I don't know if it hits the player. That's a live ball, no? That is. That should be, in my so opinion. So that runner should have been allowed to score, which would have gave Tampa Bay the victory. And we'd be maybe we possibly having a different discussion. But right. we're not. And those things in baseball do happen. Right. You know, I mean, it always seemed to happen at the worst time, like in playoff games or in World Series, where some out of the ordinary play comes up and you go. Well, let's check the rule on that. And then you got a whole big discussion and what should happen. And then one team is going to get butt hurt because the call went against them. You know what I mean? So right. it's, it's definitely, yeah. But that's why I love baseball too. It's very unpredictable. Um, and it just, yeah. So I, but again, I do, I just think that Boston right now, like I said, the one, two, you know, Evaldi had beat the Yankees in that, in the uh, playing game, you know, sale is, is always, you know, now that he's back and he's, he's, healthier uh chris sale always pitches well so i think you know the, the the red sox had a chance to set all that up you know with have with winning finishing early and waiting for you know i i got i like i said i like the red sox i i, I say red sox in six yeah um i'm with I, you know i can't i'm looking at both teams you got dusty baker um who Took the challenge and knew he was going to be criticized for that decision oh, to be hired. For sure. Um, What's the matter, Nate? Flustered on this one? Not sure where to go. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to say Boston. I'm gonna say Boston is six. There you go. Right. Guarantee. Thank you, Charles. So the question, talk about your talk about the Chicago White Sox. Like what what went wrong against the Houston Astros in this series? Well, what didn't go wrong is the better question. But I'll, the first was pitching. Um, you know, you can criticize Larusa for starting Lance Lynn, who didn't have any success against Houston. Someone's bitter. Shut up, Sean. Are you still in the car? Did you get in the house yet? <laughs> uh, don't, don't 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 you know don't don't go there, bro. Don't no. But yeah, the White Sox they they got beat like they just did. Pitching from the get go didn't didn't do well, and even with the moves Tony made, even when he brought in the relievers, you know he he didn't give you know he Lance Lynn got an inning in what two thirds in that first game, and he started bringing in the bullpen. It just you know he did what he I don't say he was horrible with it, but, you know he had who he had, and there was at times where the bullpen for Sox pitched really well and held. But you have to score runs, and they just didn't score them at the right time. Like, you know, again, we scored one run in the first game. 
Then we scored four runs in the second one, but gave up nine. Mm-hmm. The one game we won was twelve to six, and then we the fourth game we only scored we lose ten to one. Again, with McCullers pitching game one and four, and and but you know both of those games. So, uh, yeah, the White Sox. It, it, you you know you say back to the drawing board or whatever, but you know they they went into the they went into the playoffs as healthy as they'd been all year. I thought the pitching would be much better and hold up much more for us. And again, our offense, you know, a lot of the criticism of our offense, and and yeah, I mean, there's some truth there. A lot of it was, hey, you know, live by the homer, die by the homer. You know, I we agree. Did, you know, and again, that's and it showed itself, right? Like we scored. 12 runs in the one game, and I think we had three homers in that game. The one one we had in game four was a homer by Gavin Sheets. So, yeah, there's there's some truth there, and, and I think that's something to look at for next year as you improve on and try to, you know, you go back to Drummond, okay, what can we do? How do we improve on this year? You know, because, again, this is still a young team, a fairly young team, and I think we still have about three, four years with these guys because we did sign a lot of them through contracts. So, I mean, we still have three or four years to really get something, go- to get something, you know, I would like to win a title with this team because I think they have that capability with Tim Anderson, Yohan Mancata, you know, Jose Abreu, uh, Grandal, and every, you know, I, Grandal actually disappointed me, our catcher. Because, really? I, I, yeah, he, re- you know, I know he hit the home run in the one game to, to make it 5-3 and kind of spark everybody. But other than that, Yasmani doesn't hit well for average. He either walks, hits a homer, or strikes out. Really it's, pretty much real quick. it's now 2-1 Dodgers. Yeah, I have it on here. I was going to interrupt at some point, but it's 2-1 to one Dodgers. Three straight singles, the top of the ninth tier. So now they're up 2-1. They're just a pitching change is going on now. But, uh, yeah, the White Sox themselves, uh, the pitching really really didn't hold up, and, and the offense didn't hit in key situations and, and just fell flat. And so, again – you're eliminated. You went into a good Astros team who was better than we were, and that's just the bottom line. So again, we go into year three of this. We've made the playoffs the last two years with this with this team. So now you sit there and go, okay, what do we have to do to ensure that next year we get a little further here, guys? Are we, you know, the team is there, the talent's there. Just right. got to put you just got to put it together, man. And that's the do you think? Line. Do you do you, okay? Now the question: Do you think that the hiring of Tony Larusa is was warranted or do you feel like you need well, somebody that I wasn't a fan of it when it happened. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, yeah, Tony, you did a great job this year. I was not a fan of the signing. Um, you know, was Tony horrible? No. I mean, you, you took your, your team won 90 some, you know, 90 some games. You made it to the playoffs. You managed to overcome some stuff early on that people criticized you for. So no, the Sox had a good year. They didn't put it together in the playoffs, and now they're at home. But, yeah, I think uh, I wasn't a fan of the signing. I don't know how it'll go. You know, does Tony, you know, obviously I believe he's under contract for next year, uh, you know. So we'll see, man. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do there, if they're going to maybe consider certain things. I don't know. I really don't. And, again, I just, you know, Tony seemed like the second half of the year was better in terms of just communicating with guys and kind of maybe understanding more how this, how the game goes now, as opposed to, you know, when he was winning championships. Right. So I don't know. So I just think, 
you know, we'll, we'll have to see how the offseason goes, what we can do to improve the pitching. Uh, you know, I think we still need a second baseman. I don't think Cesar Hernandez is the answer for us. So we still need a solid everyday right fielder, preferably a left-handed bat. So we'll see. We got some hosts to fill like everybody else, and we'll go from there. Would you like to take Anthony Santander off our hands? Who? Anthony Santander. He plays oh, right field. If, um, I don't know. I would probably – I. Uh, Hell, I would have taken Jock Peterson, given the way he had a second half. Yes. But, but uh, you know, he's playing in the playoffs. Go Atlanta, right? You know, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, – that, that was my thing. Like, instead of Kimbrell, we should have just got Jock Peterson. Like, what do we bring Kimbrell for? Well, that's another story for another time, my friend. Right. But, yeah, I, I just – again, the White Sox got outplayed. That, that's the way it is. We lost, we lost. Hey. We'll play next year. We can rebound. We'll see. Right. Like, quite, really quick, do you feel like the team's – because everyone was saying Rick Renteri was holding this team back emotionally. Do you do you feel like this team's still being held back emotionally with Tony La Russa? I mean, I guess that's a fair question considering everything that happened. But, you know, it's like, let's just, you know, again, it's kind of a funny thing that you bring up Renteria, right? Because Renteria was the guy who was the cup manager. Before they got Joe Madden. Right. Renteria's fired. In comes Grandpa Joe. And they, <laughs> win, and they win a title, right? Well, Renteria here. Now he's on the south side. Young team. Same thing. Rebuilt building. They fire him. Oh, in comes old man LaRussa. Not the same result yet, but it's an eerie parallel. If somehow Tony next year, let's say for this man, you know, the Sox won a title. And now you've had Renteria on both sides of town who gets fired for older gentlemen who come in and win titles. Like, it's just one of those weird coincidences where you go, okay, interesting. You know, did Rick get a bad? Maybe. I don't know. Like, there was definitely some criticism of how he handled things in that in the, in the quick three-game series against Oakland in the playoffs last year. But, again, you know, it just – so you got rid of him. You brought in Tony, and that's that. Like, I just – you know, Renteria is a good coach. He was a good manager. He wasn't horrible. And, you know, we'll just have to see if, if Ricky pops up again somewhere or whatever. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I mean, so far it's been an interesting playoff series. I mean, you know, the Brewers, I'm a little disappointed in them. I kind of don't really know if you're Milwaukee, where do you go? All you can do is try yes, to get... I'm out of my car. I was running out of gas. LOL. <laughs> there you go, Sean. Way to make it back into the house, bro. <laughs> Glad she didn't um... lock you out permanently. That's good. Way to get back in, bro. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know where the uh they go from here. Right. Um, in my personal opinion. Probably. I I feel like they're kind of in that. Okay, and see, we're... but that's the thing with this, and I and I understand, you know, people only one team in the end wins the whole thing, right? Right. 30 teams, or 32, baseball is 32, 30, whatever it is. 30 teams and only one winner, guys. So every year there's always disappointment. And you look at yourself and go, man, how can I improve my team? What did we do wrong? What do we do with this? Like only one team wins every year out of 30. So, you know, the teams that make the playoffs are always scratching their head too going, what do we got to do? To win the big one, like how do we? So I mean, that's always you know that's always a fair question for everyone. But I just think, 
you know, you have to put that into perspective that there's only one champion. So right. some, you know, most teams, as good as teams as are good as year as you had, the disappointment is there when you don't advance and you don't win. Yeah, biggest thing I took away from it for you know really this season um, was Christian Yelich. Uh, you know, yeah. he got a seven a seven year deal worth 180, $180, $188.5 million dollars. Yeah. Seven years left on that left, and uh, I know for Milwaukee uh, when you're a small market team like Milwaukee, ladies and gentlemen, when you're a small market like the Minnesota Twins, for example. Right. Like the Kansas City Royals, the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers, the Cincinnati Reds, your window to compete for a championship is like, it's, smaller. It's smaller, like three to five years easily. Right, and like they can't really, they can't really afford going forward. They gotta say to themselves, okay, he's got seven years left on this deal. Like from where he was, twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. It's just like last year. See, I think last year it has to be an asterisk because on everybody because we were in the midst of a pandemic, right? So I mean, to see how he came out this year, um, I don't. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, offensively, Milwaukee needs to improve their offense. Um, you know, at Red Escobar's gonna be a free agent. Yeah. Garcia can decline, former White Sox can decline his option. Right. Um, you know, let me just also hear, they, you know, they got Omar Neves the next year. Roddy Tollitz or uh, Tellitz or yeah. Kirsten uh, Herrera. Uh, they're under control for the next few years. Colton Wong, Willie um, Ademus, Luis Urias, Lorenzo Kane, Jackie Bradley, Tyrone Taylor. So they got to ask themselves – what this is going to look like. Um, Josh Hader is another, you know, one to argue on the best Josh in the game. Yeah, Josh Hader. Um, he's going to look for a payday. And I don't know. And you got to think about Corbin Bank, Burns and Brandon Woodruff. You know, there's so many questions with the Brewers going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the Atlanta Braves are going to be the same thing, too. You know, Freddie Freeman ain't getting the younger. Um, yeah, but this could be the year they win. Who knows? You're right. I agree. I mean, this um, could be the year where you go, hey, well, we don't have to worry about that too much. We got, we got it. Right. We won so, it, baby. I mean, they're four games away from going to the series. series so. For sure. And they might be playing the Dodgers, who are up 2-1 going into the bottom of the ninth. Up 2-1. And guess, and guess who's in to, 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 to pitch the bottom of the ninth? Yeah. They brought in Max Scherzer to pitch the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, Scherzer's in. Bad Max. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So they're going for it, my friend. Here it is. Going for it. Yeah, we got Mad Max going, and uh, and they got the top of the lineup. I think it's Brian Bat second this inning for the year. The Giants have like the top of the order up and uh, facing Max Scherzer. Here we go. Yeah. So for um, right now, Dodgers are up two one, bottom of the ninth, kids. So yeah, um, that's pretty much what the, that's our preview for the championship, Major League Baseball Championship Series. Um, we got a. Nick, once again, we got to collab. Uh, once we see how these next four, these last now four teams, the final four, final four, baby, um, how it looks, and we're going to do the World Series preview because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that actually goes into the start 
of the NBA, depending on where season, he's right? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. um, it could be, uh, <laughs> my gosh, I, you know, that's going to be a lot. But, yeah, uh, really quick, I did want to announce um, that this came across my news feed on Twitter. Uh, Diana Taurasi was fined $2,500. For pushing the ref? For pushing the referee. A lot of people were calling for her to be suspended uh, because um, well, you, very you, you put – Unbecoming, my friend. You know, if you even touch or even with the, with the ref – touch a ref – um, you should be suspended for that. Right. So was um, thinking, right. Cause the reps are not there for you to push around. Yeah. So, uh, and again, I think some of it also too, is just public. I think just, he's Diana Tarazi and we're, and she's kind of, she's it, we're wrong. We're explaining why it happened, but we, we were going to just smack her hand and just ask for some fine money. Right. So, um, really quick, and this is going to end the episode. Um, there was a video. I'm, I'm, I actually, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that. But Bart Scott, he made some comments. He said that Hollywood Brown would not start, and then turned around and said, uh, "Lamar Jackson is the best player in the NFL." I can't. Bart Scott's is really weird to me. <laughs> so, that's okay. yeah, no. so, probably true. Yeah. <laughs> But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode 19 of the podcast. Um, this weekend, I will have three special guests. Uh, we're going to conclude episode. We're going to conclude season three um, on these on the NBA preview, where uh, we're going to talk about the NBA, our outlook for the year. We're going to give our picks. Who's going to make the playoffs? Different things like that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Season four, I will make it an out. I'm going to take tomorrow and this weekend to figure that out. Um, I might take like a day or two to kind of get my head together. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. Season three, we got to season three already of the podcast. I cannot believe that. Uh, I'm trying to keep it congratulations. Where Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm trying to keep it where it's in with each season. I know hockey just started. That's kind of hard to keep up with, with World Series, right. WNBA finals. Sports everywhere right now. If you're a sports fan, this is great. It's just great. It's, it's a happening. lot to keep up with. There's it's no joke. Yep, for sure. It is no joke. So, um, Nick, do you have any final closing words you want to say before we end the podcast? Uh, well, thank you again for having me for as a guest on your show. I do appreciate that. Um, you know, go Bears. We got the Packers this weekend. It's a big rivalry always, even if we haven't won in a long time. It's, I think we're due for one. And I'm hoping Justin Fields will lead us to that victory. Sure. So yeah, um, yeah, th this has been fun. Uh, again, it's always fun to talk baseball, even though my White Sox are no longer playing. That is what it is. Um, and yeah, just let's have a good, have a great sports weekend, everyone. There's plenty to watch. So. Whatever your sport, it's on. Thank you very much, and uh, you guys have a good night. Go Packers. Oh, no. You know what, Sean? Go back to the car. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you like the video, be sure to give it a thumbs up. Um, please leave your thoughts in the comments below. Topics when we talk about in the next episode or future episodes of the podcast. 
we're one subscriber away from 100. I cannot oh, believe that. Very nice. Look at that. Um, Somebody subscribe. Hurry up. Before that show ends, somebody subscribe. Yes, definitely. So definitely subscribe and subscribe if you're not already. Uh, we'll leave with notification bells on. Uh, that being said, these episodes will be on Spotify. I'll have them up this weekend. Actually, I'll try to have them up tomorrow evening. Um, as well, tomorrow. So, uh, with that being said, I'm out. Y'all have a good Happy Friday. Um, for those, if it's your weekend started already. Have a great extended weekend. Right. Stay safe. I will see y'all on Sunday. Nick, shout out to Nick Rosario. Shout out to Sean Spencer for joining me tonight. Check them on Let's Talk Football, the roundtable. And uh, also, too, Nick and Anthony have a show called Popcorn, the Parachutes and Popcorn. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep you posted on future episodes of that. But, yeah, we're, we're working on an 80s movie podcast called Popcorn and Parachute Pants. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy that. For sure. For sure. And then also, you know, you know, obviously Sean Spencer's doing his thing with, you know, let's talk fantasy football. Let's talk uh, round table. Washington football weekly. Washington football weekly. But let's talk football. football with Jan- yeah. With Janae Strutter. Right. So um, he's all over the place. That's why he's all in the over car. the place. <laughs> That's why he's in the car. No, I'm just playing out. Oh man. But yeah, you know, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to play my uh, Vic Fangio clip. I'm going to see y'all in the next episode. Peace. There right, go. Thanks, guys. Get down. Get down. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>